Randolph got the runner start, gives it to Stevens. Bam! Three point. Stevens Bam! knocks it down. Bam! Yes, and sir. just like that, ladies and gentlemen, welcome yes, to yes, the Strikes Home. That's how we Mike do. Thomas That's how we on do. the call. Mike Thomas on the call for the Rattlers Sports Network. Uh, bam! And just like that, the Rattlers. Uh, who came back from a 16-point deficit in the second half on Monday night, defeated Prairie View A&M by a score of 61-60. to 60. Uh, Dominguez Stevens with a uh, with a nice three-point shot there in the corner. Great execution, great play by Coach Robert McCollum. Good pass by, um, by MJ Randolph and the, uh, the Rattlers end up coming out victorious. I'm Brian Fulford, joined by... My brothers from another mother, all the way live from Tallahassee, well, sort of, uh, Kelvin Rozier, <laughs> Kofi Hemingway. Uh, fellas, it's good to see you. Uh, how's everybody feeling today, tonight? Everybody's good, man. How are you? Great. I'm great. Too blessed to be stressed. Kelvin, how you good. doing? Man, I'm doing wonderful. Bro. I'm glad to break bread with the brother in Rally Nation, man. Good to be here. Yeah, uh, if you are watching our show, first thing you need to make sure you do, make sure you uh, go ahead and like and subscribe wherever you're watching us. If you're watching us on the YouTube feed, we appreciate you coming in. Go ahead and hit that thumbs up. Make sure you are subscribed to the Jericho Broadcast Network's YouTube channel. Uh, it's where you can get all the shows from Black College Sports Network. Uh, we are the only show on the BCSN bringing you great coverage of Florida A&M University athletics and sports and culture. And uh, if you're following us, watching us on Twitter, uh, we appreciate that. Make sure you're following us at ONG Strike Zone. And if you're on Facebook, we appreciate that as well. Uh, all the likes, all the clicks, we love it. It helps the algorithm guides. And now you can go ahead and like, share, and subscribe. Uh, so that way in the future you stay tuned in and, and go ahead and tell a tell a friend. Go ahead and tell a Rattler. If you're a Rattler, go ahead and tell two more Rattlers. If you're not a Rattler and wish you were a Rattler, you can go ahead and tell a couple people too. There's a lot of people becoming Rattlers by, uh, by uh, not by blood, but by choice because we are popular. We are that we are that thing. And it, 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 orange and green just look, looks so much better than all these other colors floating around out there. Um, hey, uh, so on this show, We've got a lot of things to talk about from the highest of seven hills. Uh, obviously, we are a basketball school, so basketball is on our minds. We haven't gotten out of the the uh, FAMU football recruiting information. Uh, great stuff that came out over the past week uh, regarding Florida A&M University football. 
Uh, we've also got some track and field, some bowling to talk about, news, good news coming out of those two programs. Softball is starting up this weekend, so we're going to get into talking a little bit about that. Coming up a little bit later, the second half of hour number one, the head baseball coach, Coach Jamie Shoup, is going to join us, and he's going to give us a preview to the season. The baseball season kicks off next weekend in New Orleans, Louisiana, in the Andre Dawson Classic, so we'll get a chance to talk to him about that. And then it's our pleasure to be joined by, anytime we get a Hall of Famer, uh, it's big-time news for us. So uh, Kofi did some uh, did some work behind the scenes, made it happen, and he got us college football Hall of Fame head coach and national champion, Coach Rudy Hubbard, is joining us at the top of the second hour. So we are looking forward to that conversation as well. But, gentlemen, let's talk basketball. Uh, that beautiful play there uh, and a game that, look, FAMU did not – they trailed by 16, true enough, against Preview A&M. But we did find our way into the lead, thanks in part to uh, a nice run. I think I read it was like a 23-9 to run. We had the lead going into the under-8 timeout. We had an even larger lead at the under-4 timeout by about maybe four or five points. Unfortunately, got it down to a point where – you know, look, Preview A&M missed some free throws. They missed three of four free throws down the stretch that really opened the door. So when we talk about a gift, or we'll take the gift. If you want to say we stole a win, okay, we stole a win. I, whatever you want to call it, a win's a win. Uh, Calvin, I know you were in the house. What are your thoughts from uh, that game on Saturday, uh, on Monday and then, of course, on Saturday, we had the game against Texas Southern. We weren't as successful against, but I'm sure we all have thoughts about that as well. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you get things uh, started off first, Kelvin. I'll start off with the Texas Southern game. That game broke our win streak that we had. Um, so we started the new one on Monday, but we still won eight out of nine. In the uh, Saturday's game, we really didn't shoot well the second half. The first half, it was, you know, pretty nip and tuck game. We were in the game and so forth. But in the second half, uh, Achilles Hills has been consistent free throw shooting and um, just making open shots. We had good looks um, for the most part. We had a few turnovers. Um, we had some folks getting foul trouble. You know, with five or four and five. So uh, all that came into play. But at the end of the day, I just thought we really just didn't shoot where I think we end up with, uh, what, 51 points or somewhere around there uh, for that game. So uh, that was our Achilles heel. And um, really going into the Monday game, uh, that first half, we played the same way. We had 17 points at halftime against uh, Prairie View. So luckily for us, they, they, they were a God-oriented team. They drive the ball a lot. They weren't very good shooters from the three-point line nor the free-throw line. So as you say, we were able to hang around. And then Coach made a couple of adjustments at halftime. Um, uh, Stevens has been, had been out. For, you know, off and on with different things going on. So, of late, 
during our win streak, he hadn't played a whole lot because he wasn't even available available for most of those games. But he comes to us as a uh, with reputation as a, as a serious shooter, a long sniper. That's what he is. And so this particular game, you know, we were having trouble putting the ball in the basket, and lo and behold, his skill sets came in handy. If I remember correctly, I think he made about four in the second half, including the yeah. game winner. And they would, and they weren't touching the rim; they were straight nets. So, uh, and and of course, uh, like most scores, especially those who are streaky scores, um, when they're making shots, the basket seeing wide, and they shoot with confidence. That's what you want. If if you got a guy in the game and he's a shooter, you want him to shoot the ball. With confidence, you want them to take good shots, but you want them to shoot the ball. So um, it's no surprise this team has won out of the eight or nine games. I don't know if any of them been double digits or not. We win close games on the road and at home. That you know, and this is a senior laden team. If we were ever to play a complete game, specifically making free throws and minimizing turnovers. I think we would be winning by double digits against a lot of teams. So I'm still hoping that uh, I, I know our best basketball is ahead of us. We got to go on a roll. Uh, the, the Jackson and uh, Alcorn, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll, I'll jump in. I'll jump in there. Cause, yeah, I, I think you might have got sniped there. Uh so I, as I was looking up stats there to fill in for what he was saying about Dominguez, uh, Dominguez Stevens, uh, apparently he had just come back from uh, being out uh, COVID-related, uh, you know, looking at the timeline. He hadn't played a game since uh, January 17th to get to Mississippi Valley State. Um, you know, he played in the Arkansas Pine Bluff game as well and had played prior to that. So he had been out for nearly a month or at least three weeks of action where he wasn't on the floor. Uh, So to see him kind of come back and just kind of find himself. And that was really one of his, uh, one of his best nights. Uh, He had a game back in November against Lemoyne Owen, where he was uh, three of six from behind the arc. So him going three of four in this ball game, he was actually four or five from the field, three or four, from behind the arc, and he even uh, uh, one for one at the free throw line as well. So a uh, good day for uh, uh, Stevens. Kofi, coming over to you while we wait on uh, Kelvin to uh, reconnect in. What are your thoughts on uh, Monday or Saturday's game? Well, we just didn't play well against Texas Southern. Of course, Texas Southern had a lot to do with that. Um, but that was far from our best game. Um, you know, far from our best game and it's behind us. It was good for us to uh, grind one out against Purview uh, that kept us at eight and three. Uh, that four point play uh, with with Ming uh, was a big one. It was a big swing um, re- regarding the game. So, you know, just coming on down the stretch is going to be big and going to Mississippi is not going to be easy. So, um you know, Alcorn's going to be looking for all kinds of revenge, and that is definitely not 
uh, an easy gym uh, to go into. It's going to be full of energy, full of craziness, and all kind of other stuff. So our guys have to be focused and ready to go and uh, ready to play. And the same thing is going to be at Jackson State. Our guys just have to be focused and ready to play. But coming down the stretch, man, it's there for the taking, and we just need to have all hands on deck, all shots on deck, all guards, all forwards, all centers, everybody. We need everybody on deck playing well, playing the best basketball as we go down the stretch. Great, great point. Uh, go back, finish your point. Now that we got you back, Kelvin, you were uh, you were on a good roll there before you got sniped. So go ahead and uh, finish your point <laughs> you were you were on. Yeah, we get sniped early tonight. Uh, it's early. You know, the, the only point I, I really want to make was um, we're 10 and 12. Uh, we have, what, eight, nine games left. So we have a chance to win and have an overall winning record. And when we started, we started off, what, 0 and 10, 0 and 11, somewhere around there. So to be able to finish with a winning record and win the conference, man, that would be huge, man. And it would be a signature moment. For this senior class, you know, these guys have been here five, six years now, a lot of uh, the, the starting here. So we want to we want to get that momentum. And and I want to go to I want to go to Birmingham uh, with the number one seed. So hopefully, you know, the guys, you know, they'll continue to lead this team and, and um, get better. As you mentioned, we've won eight of nine now. What's we're pretty much right at about the halfway point of the season. Obviously, this weekend was the halfway mark. What's the signature win in the first half of the conference season? I'll throw that around to you, Kofi. What's the signature game so far in the first half? For me, that would be the Alcorn victory uh, because Alcorn is one of the top teams in the conference. They play a good brand of basketball, and so for us to grind that victory out. Uh, said a lot about the character of this team. And it, it continued to, uh, I want to say, bring um, positive momentum to this squad. So I would say the all-corn guy. What about you, uh, Kelvin? Signature win. I don't know we had one yet. Uh, I like the Alcorn win um, because it let us know at that time that we would be a top team in the conference and gave us that confidence but I, I guess the right now the best win is the is, is the next win right so I'll say uh te the Texas Southern win because we didn't play well um down double digits and we had I dealt show we had someone who hadn't been a major contributor to the team come in and lead and help lead us to victory and make the game winning shot so I, I'll go with that because it started it started out our uh, new win streak, one in a row. Right. Okay. Okay. I, I'm gonna go with you know as I look, I like the home, I like the home flavor coming back and winning those home games. Uh, as you mentioned, the Alcorn win, of course, the uh, Prairie View. I'm gonna go with signature win being the uh, Alabama State game on the road, a, a, a game that we're coming off a of, you know we're, we're still trying to identify and solidify yourself. I think at that point of the season, I think we'd won six in a row. So we're, we're on a hot streak and we're going into Alabama state. They got a good crowd on hand and we led that game from, we, we led probably 19 minutes and 
maybe the night or I should say 38 to 39 minutes of that contest. And we had a lead, large lead. Large leads are hard to hold on the road. Alabama State had a hot shooter, Trace Young. Trace Young, uh, I think he had 29 in that game, brought them all the way back, grabbed the lead from us, but we found a way to get the lead back and win the ball game. That's, a, to me, that's a, that's a signature moment. I think that's, and it just, like those other wins, it proves that uh, unlike those other games where we had to come from behind and, and grab the victory, that was a game where we had the lead. We looked good. We were on the road. Things happen, you know, when you're on the road. Crazy things happen. I mean, we see it all across college basketball. And then we get a win. Uh, we, we find a way to get a win down the stretch on the road. That's the one that uh, – that that's the one for me right now that's a signature win. And this weekend will be interesting because, as you said, Jackson State is not who they were last year. But that can still be a dangerous team if you don't go – and respect the opponent. If you don't respect the environment and don't respect the opponent, Jackson State, that can be a tough place. And then the game on Monday will probably be a battle for, who knows, it could be a battle for first place. It could easily be a battle to stay in second place against Alcorn. And that's a team who they're going to feel like, hey, we had these guys down. We should have beat them the first time. Let's beat them at our place. So that game will be even tougher, but we can't look ahead to that game. So uh, that'll be two good games, uh, Valentine's Day uh, at Alcorn and then Jackson State on Saturday. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, the Rattlers got a little Valentine's Day early gift on Monday. Now, I got to talk for a second, fellas, about attendance. Because the attendance, you know, at these games – is a major concern and worry for me. Uh, looking at the box score against the Texas Southern game, against uh, that was on NBA TV. The men's game drew 3,087 fans, which I think is the high of the year, the highest that I've seen reported. Uh, the Prairie View drew 2,087. Now, I know, Kofi, you said before, Ends there. The hundreds not there. They were in Reese's. Uh, they were at the Reese's uh, All Star game. But you know what I got to thinking about? Where was? How, how come nobody thought about reaching out to? And maybe they did. I, I maybe I'm giving somebody benefit of the doubt. But it would have been nice to see another high school band in attendance. FAMU High, Rickards, Lincoln. Uh, give me another band in Tallahassee. Somebody that'll come in. And you're shaking your head. You're saying no other band could have come in and been a good band. Now, for let me let me that- say this. Let me say this, right? And I get where you're going with this, and I think that um, that is a good idea. I think maybe reaching out and developing that high school community will be a good recruitment tool, right? Um, but in addition to that, we have several alumni that are in the Tallahassee area that would absolutely love um, to be able to get in the game and, you know, be the pet band for the Rattlers. So I think going forward, I think that I'm not knocking your idea, but I think, you know, just, just planning it out, I think that'll be good uh, because the hundred does have other performances um, that pay them a decent amount of money that they're obligated to attend. They got to go to the, 
uh, Martin Luther King Parade down in St. Pete. So that's something that they just have to do. Um, in addition to that, they have other, you know, like the Senior Bowl that comes up or if the Super Bowl opens up again, um, they'll be going to those games. Uh, but the alumni band can fill in. And I think that those are games that if it's planned out, if it's thought out, if, if it's a priority, I think that that's something that can be worked out. But you have to uh, work through those things and make it happen. And the other kids also have to practice. Um, it is not out of the realm of possibility to have um, other pep bands to play for you. For instance, um, I think uh, the University of Florida one year played for another school in the NCAA tournament or other pep bands has got the music from other bands and they found a way to get those those kids or the pep band t-shirts and, and uh, stuff that they could wear. Uh, while they learned and practiced the music for whatever team that they're playing for. So it's not out of the realm of possibility, but the alumni band can easily fill in and uh, make some things happen. But again, that's, that just takes communication and coordination. So I, I like that concept. I like the idea of the alumni band. My point is you can't have a game on NBA TV and if you tell and, and look, I don't know, I don't Tallahassee is not Orlando. Tallahassee is not South Florida. It was cold that weekend in Tallahassee. It probably still is cold in Tallahassee, right, Kelvin? What else did y'all have to do in Tallahassee this weekend? What else was going on that what else was what else was preventing you from coming to the game? I know they were only giving away one pair of shoes, but still, you still could have game and put your name in it, and you might have got lucky. No, you. I'm in full agreement with you, Brian. We, you know, I'm in full agreement with you, but I know we got to go to break. We can hit this topic when we come back. Something has to change. Something has to change in order to bring in more of the community. We got it. I mean, you can't tell me that with what we have going on right now that we can't get five thousand people in that stadium. There's, we can't you. We've got how many students on campus? How many students in Tallahassee? Nine, eight? Half of the student body, 50% of the student body. How come we can't get 4,000 students there? I mean, what are we missing? What is a miss? Kofi, you, you're, 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 you've got, you got students. You've got, you, you know, your daughter's a student there. I'd love to hear. What is it that the students are not hearing or getting or receiving? What information is not there in this great day with all the technology we have that we can't be packing out the pit? Come on now. Well, well, I believe, you know, a lot of this does come down to communication. That's, that's number one. Um, and there has to be more of an effort uh, to embrace it, to build it. Right now, we're building a culture. So understanding where we are um, is necessary, you know, so you can say, okay, we haven't arrived when it comes to building a strong basketball culture. We haven't necessarily arrived with football, but football, you know, famous football, football school. So what needs to happen is people need to take the necessary effort and understand where we are and come up with a plan, a grassroots plan to get the to get our students involved and to get and at least fifteen hundred to two thousand locals to come to family basketball games on a regular basis. 
And then you're very easily at 4,000, 5,000, 6,000 per game. Now, we have an opportunity to close the year strong with, I think we have three more home games. We got Alabama State, Alabama A&M, and Cookman, right? Uh, yes. Does Grambling come here? No. We've already, Grambling's yeah. already been. Yeah. All right. All right, so if that's the case, then we still have we have those the Alabama schools and we have Bethune Cookman. So we have an opportunity to still close the year strong, but in order for us to do it, we need a plan, a bona fide plan. And it takes effort, like people that are actually getting paid in athletics to run athletics and to do marketing have to do more than just post on social media. You know, you have to come up with creative ways, think about how can we engage our students? How can we engage our community? For instance, there's free advertising on the Good Morning Show. There's free advertising on the news networks, just talking about whatever plan that you have to pack the pit and inviting people out. Now, COVID is still a factor. Let's be real. It's, it's still very much a factor into what we're doing. But if you put the word out there that this is what we're doing, you theme up the game, with like a Mardi Gras theme or a FAMU homecoming springtime or something of, of, of that nature, you can, you can create more of an event around what we're trying to do with FAMU basketball. Uh, well said. Uh, on the other half, uh, we'll come back. Kelvin, if you want to jump in on any thoughts, we'll do that on the other side of this commercial break. And we'll come back. We got some other uh, news and notes to get to. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Monumental game for AM and Tampa. It was a monumental game. Somebody had to lose, and thank God it was them this time. We knew it was going to be a battle. Look at Jake Avis' record 202 and 36, I think. Some, some un, off the wall figures. And nobody would play him because they didn't want to take a chance of getting beat. But the truth of it is, over 46,000 tickets. Blacks were sitting on 
in, in the East stands. The whites were sitting in the West stands, and the score wound up uh, 34-28. The only thing we proved that uh, we weren't inferior, that we were not inferior, and we were not afraid. For one night, for 160 minutes, we were better than them. Social media doesn't really feel very social these days. Sure, we get to see our friends, but it's so much better to be with them. And even though we're more connected, we miss being together. Tap into what's happening right now and meet up with friends, old and new. With the only social network that's designed to get you offline and back into life. Swoop in. Let's hang. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yeah. Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment! Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. For my people that don't get to see me Trying to remind you who you are Just like in Romans 3 See we about to blow across the world Just like a day that's breezy This motivation for the people And this classic Bible teaching Say, make this for my people That don't get to see me Trying to remind you who you are Just like in Romans 3 See we about to blow across the world Just like a day that's breezy This motivation for the people And this classic Bible teaching Hey, 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 hey. Motivation All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Kelvin and Kofi got some uh, some more news and notes before we uh, jump over to our uh, segment coming up a little bit later in this half hour with head coach Jamie Shoup. Uh, Kofi, we got some news to share with people. What do you got for us? Uh, when you say news, are we talking about, are we still talking on the same topic or are we talking about the new recruit that we got coming in? No, no, the uh, you got some track and field results to share with us. Share with the people. Did you catch that? Uh, no, I did not, but it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting up here like, what in the world? That's why he didn't pass it off to me because he didn't have it or something like that, passing it off. And I ain't have no information and everything, but that's that's all, all right. good. 
That's all right. We're talking so, about so, Bob Hayes Brian, and the Olympics. I can step in and help my brother out in terms of help him out. Uh, help him out there if you would. <laughs> you got it. Go ahead. Yeah. Run with it. All right. There was a um, article that came out about um, golf, and United Airlines has partnered or uh, agreed to award grants for all the historical historically black college golf programs so that they can travel uh the team and their equipment and um this is historic and it's for all for 51 golf teams to include of course our program swag meac and um some division two programs men and women so you know anytime we can get corporate corporations and corporate teams to con to contribute number one and then to a non-revenue generating sport to offset some of those expenses that uh, those programs have so that they can compete um not just regionally but uh nationally also um that's 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 big and so we want to definitely uh give a shout out to uh united air for uh stepping up and um agreeing to support HBCU athletics and HBCU golf specifically. That's big. Yes, it is, and, and hopefully so, that'll that our guys uh, as they have the. Um, I'm looking at the golf schedule coming up, which is really about to kick back off this upcoming weekend. They're down in Palm Beach uh, Sunday and Monday in the Advanced Golf Partners. Then the following weekend, they're up in Savannah, Georgia. And then at the end of February is the SWAC uh, invite in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, so, uh, and there is a trip coming up in March. And this is where I think that travel, that grant will really come in good handy in the UC San Diego Invitational, which is March 21st and 22nd in San Diego. So uh, that'll be... That'll be a great opportunity. Um, you know, the golf team also will travel up to Greensboro, North Carolina in March. Uh, in April, they've got the SWAC championship. And in May, <clears throat> in May, they travel up to Philadelphia for the PGA Works Collegiate Championships as well. So uh, that, uh, that, that, I'm assuming that's where, and that is that, that, that'll take place this year, Kelvin, or does it look like we'll have to wait a season for that to kick in? I am not 100% sure, but I do know that the grants are $10,000 to each school. Um, so I would, I would assume it's, it's in starting this year because it was uh, it came out on the 7th of February a couple of days ago. But uh, it doesn't have an actual start time. But it's golf season now, so I'm assuming it's, it's talking about this season. Right, right. Okay, uh, moving over to track and field, which is uh, which is where uh, the the, the uh, our track and field athletes have participated in uh, the USA Invitational, and that's a University of South Alabama, uh, in which I believe was in Birmingham over the weekend on Sunday the sixth. Uh, we had two first place finishes and ten top ten finishes in that event um rachel robertson 
and Ajani Williams had the top performances for the Rattlers. Robertson placed first in the triple jump, second in the high jump, and Williams placed first in the 400-meter dash. Uh, Williams' time in the 400-meter dash was 56.58. Robertson in the triple jump, 12.33 meters. And then in the high jump, she uh, was a 1.71 meters. Also, uh, among top three finishes, in the men's triple jump, you had Xavion Lockwood with a 14.51 meters, which was third best. And then our 4 by 400 meter relay team, uh, Madison Gordon, Michelle Dela Cruz, Mackenzie Hayes, Kayla Clary, Clary, I believe is that last name. Uh, they ran a 3 minute 54.06 in the 4 by 4 which was third best. And uh, so just, you know, I kind of did a little digging just to see where our uh, men and women's teams rank among the SWAC. And according to the USTF CCA, uh, uh, $5 for anybody who can get those, uh, who knows what all that means. Uh, I think you can figure it out probably. Uh, Through week number three in their men and women's conference rankings, FAMU is ranked number two in the SWAC behind Prairie View A&M on the men and women's side. Now, the funny thing about that rankings, those rankings look to be about points. And I think Prairie View has competed in about two more events than FAMU. I think FAMU's competed in about three events to date. Prairie View has competed in about five events and might even have another one or two that they compete in prior to the SWAC Indoor Championships, which will be on February 17th and 18th. So uh, that's upcoming. And I, I got to say uh, that uh, I got a feeling we might take home some uh, some medals. We might be in the hunt for top three at the SWAC Indoor based on what I've seen uh, for both the men and women. Um, I think some other teams to pay attention to, of course, will be Alabama State. Uh, men and women's program. No, are ranked Texas in the Southern team. and Prairie View. Texas Southern. Well, yeah, Prairie View is right now listed as one. So Texas Southern will be another one. And then uh, Alabama State. So I, I think we, we, we'll, have a, we'll have a shot at competing in all of those, um, all of those uh, spots. Uh, Kofi, did you happen to catch up on where we were with those notes? Did you happen to see that notes page? Uh, actually, I did not. I did not see it. I saw the link page, but I didn't see the additional note page. Okay, one other. One, let me get to one other news notes here from the past weekend before we go to a break. Our bowling team, our bowling team finished the SWAC East Roundup in fifth place with a six and eight record, an average of one eighty five point four. The Rattlers defeated Grambling State and Alabama A and M twice, while adding victories for Texas Southern and Southern University. Uh, we have two outstanding freshmen in uh, that have been that have been bowling their tail off so far this year. Uh, freshman Jordan Ship, she finished fourth with an average of two hundred seven point six four this past weekend. But it should be noted that uh, Jordan Ship and another freshman, Amelia Sturk, uh, Sturk right now has the second best sum average among all freshmen. 
Uh, now, she's only competed in 14 games, though. Uh, Jordan Ship has competed in all 28 games, and she averages second, uh, 191.54. So uh, Sturk and Ship are second and third overall among freshmen, and their averages are so good that among all classifications, those two young ladies are actually fifth and sixth among all classifications. So, um, you know, we uh, the, the future looks very bright for the bowling program with those two young ladies. And uh, just, you know, Prairie View A&M is right now sitting at the top of the hill as they claim the 2022 SWAC Bowling Regular Season Championship with a 24 Can you hear me? I do hear you now. Yes. Uh, Prairie View A&M. Uh, has a uh, 24-4 overall record. The Rattlers return to action March 4th through the 6th in Atlanta, Georgia for the TNBA HBCU Invitational. Uh, More news and notes from our programs coming up a little bit later, but after this short break, we come back with the head baseball coach to give us our baseball preview as the season is um, one weekend away. We're going to be talking to uh, Coach Jamie Shoup, FAMU Baseball, coming up after this break. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew. It's been difficult because I hadn't been able to see my grandchildren. An expression on someone's face when you do something nice for them. I miss all my friends in school. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccine. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival. This is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together we can be the change. Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. The Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. 
Okay, welcome back to the OG Strike Zone, Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi. And it's a pleasure to be joined by our head baseball coach, Coach Jamie Shoup. Coach, how you doing this evening? I'm wonderful. How are you guys doing? It's uh it's it's doing great good, to, coach. doing good, coach. Turn his volume up a bit. Yeah, uh, Miss Producer, we can get his volume turned up just a little bit. Um Coach, uh, are you ready for some baseball? Are you ready for this season to get going? You know, we couldn't be more ready. Uh, you know, the weather hasn't been great, but it's it's about time to play baseball. So about a week from this Friday, what is that, about nine days from today, we'll line it up in New Orleans to begin in the Andre Dawson Classic, which is very fitting for family baseball. What, what uh, as, as we as we get ready for this upcoming season and it's uh it's a it's a new conference it's sort of a new new beginning what what's been sort of the the messaging uh that you've been sharing with uh with the team so far at the beginning of this season well you know we're joining uh it's been several kind of twofold really uh the first and the most important thing for us to realize is the swag's better than the MEAC. uh it's a more of a baseball conference the the i feel like the administration runs things better in the SWAC. Uh, Dr. McClellan does a great job in making sure that baseball is is a priority for the conference. Uh, and then the teams, the teams are better. I mean, you look at even in our division, in, our, in, in the Eastern Division, you look at Jackson State, you look at Alabama State, and then Bethune joining us as well. Um, it's just, a, it's just a, a better baseball conference and a better talented conference from top to bottom. Obviously, more teams will be competing in the league with six from our division and 12 overall. Um, so, you know, the first thing is to tell our guys that, that we've got to get better. You know, we've got to, you know, recruit better. We've got to practice better. And we've certainly got to play better to be able to be in the upper echelon of the SWAC like we were in the MEAC for so many years. Uh, you know, the second thing we've been telling our guys is um, uh, it's, it's time to play baseball. You know, that's, that's the fun thing. Uh, and you know, our certainly our guys are certainly practicing hard. We were at it all weekend, uh, in spite of the rain, and uh, just to just to you know take advantage of the opportunities we have to get better. We're in Florida, and the weather's been, not been great, but it's probably better than what they've had in a lot of other areas. So we're trying to take advantage of that each and every day and get better. Kelvin, go ahead, Coach. Um... Talk about uh, the opportunity. Uh, you're going to have a platform when we go to New Orleans where you, you, you'll be on, on national TV. And then, uh, you know, I believe the weekend after where you'll be in Atlanta uh, also with opportunity to be on television. Um, and, and the Andre Dawson Classic is the New Orleans one. And, and then uh, I think uh, Coach, uh, former, former player Lucas, and um, and uh, I, uh, I think Or from Gremlin uh, is part of that uh, Atlanta Classic that we played in last year. Just talk about what that starting off the season with those kind of platforms and being able to display your product and so forth. 
Uh, how the guys looking forward to it? How you and the coaching staff looking forward to it? I know you got Brett back with you and so forth. Just yeah. talk about, well, you know, that, that opportunity and what we, where you think we are. Well, first of all, the schedule is, even though we don't start, the first four weekends are out of conference, so to speak, weekends. So we don't actually start conference play till the fifth weekend. Uh, with that being said, the first four weekends, two of them will be against SWAC teams. Uh, as you alluded to, we go and, and play in a, in, in a tournament that kind of starts out, you know, starts off HBCU baseball, and that's in the, named after Andre Dawson, of course, a Hall of Famer and former FAMU great. Uh, so it's great for us to be able to go and participate in that. Uh, we'll play uh, three teams, uh, one from our division. We'll play Alabama State as well as two other teams from the other division the first weekend. And then we come back home on Sunday night. Uh, we you know, take Monday off, and then Tuesday we play. Tuesday and Wednesday we play at Mercer, which is kind of on the way to Atlanta for the Friday, Saturday, Sunday series against Scrambling in the Braves AAA Stadium. Uh, and the Braves – you know, first-class organization as they are, and national, you know, champions, world champions as they are, uh, always rolled out. They did it last year when we played Grambling up there. Beautiful facilities. They roll out the red carpet for us. They really give our guys kind of a big league experience. And they've already even told us already that they'll have the World Series trophy uh, displayed there for our guys to see and even get a picture if they so choose to do that. So, uh you know, it's just a, even though, as I said, we don't start conference play till the fifth weekend of the season, two of our first two, four weekends, the first two weekends of the season, will be against SWAC opponents. So, uh, you know, we're excited about that. We're excited to open up the season in a tournament named after Andre Dawson. You know, you alluded to Brett Richardson being back. We're excited to have Brett back. I mean, Brett's been, gosh, close to, we were talking, he and I were talking just, just yesterday. Uh, he spent close to 20 years in a Rattler uniform, either as a player or a coach. Uh, and so, you know, we're, we're certainly glad and, and blessed to have him back. He's done a great job so far with the hitters. Uh, the thing that I was disappointed most about our season last year, even though we, you know, right going into the last weekend, we were the number one team in our in our side of the MEAC. Uh, but the thing I was disappointed is we didn't swing the bats very well. So Brett's kind of brought a different mentality to that and a different work ethic with the hitters down the in the batting cages, and, I, you know, we've seen some results from that already. So excited about him being back and just, as we said, excited to start playing baseball here in a matter of about nine days. Go ahead, Kofi. Public coach, great to see you. Happy New Year and all that great stuff. Um, what would you say is our winning formula for Rattler baseball? Um, you know, just the regular fan just basically looks at the score and we just kind of like, oh, did we win? Did we lose? But what is the formula for our success? Well, everything starts with any sport in, in terms of uh, winning. It starts with the recruiting. Now, I will tell you that we are somewhat in a disadvantage, we being FAMU, uh, when it comes to baseball uh, particularly because with the limited scholarships that we have, you know, uh, a full scholarship allotment for baseball, even though you have 35 to 40 players, is only 11 scholarships, 11.7 scholarships. So we have to try to make those scholarships go as far as possible. Um, what we are, where we're at disadvantage uh, in terms of Jackson State and Alabama State and some of the other schools is, uh, you know, we have to really focus on in-state. If you look at Alabama State and you look at Jackson State, when they recruit out of state, 
it's no different than bringing in a kid for in-state, a kid from in-state in terms of what that young man has to play, has to pay to go to school. Um, when we recruit out of state versus in-state, uh, that means that we have to pay almost twice as much to bring a kid in in terms of scholarship or make it where it's affordable for that young man to come in attend FAMU as we do an in-state student because of the, we have an out-of-state fee that has to be paid and there's no NCA doesn't allow waivers for that whereas Jackson State you know Alabama State two of the the bigger schools in, in our side of the, the SWAC they don't have that they everybody is treated across the country as an in-state student for them uh, that's you know done with the general population anybody that attends Alabama State you know even from, from California it costs them the same amount of tuition it does from a you know guy that's right there in Montgomery. Um, for us, it's as I said, it's 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 caught. It, if we were to pay a kid's tuition fees and books, it would cost about thirty percent if that kid is in state. If we do the same thing, we try to pay for the the uh, tuition fees and books. In other words, all that person has to pay for is their housing and meals. If they're out of state, it would cost us sixty percent of a full scholarship. So. You know, our focus has to be a little more local simply because of that rule. Uh, that's something that's not going to change. You know, that's a state rule. Um, but it does put us at a little bit of disadvantage. But anytime you try to put a roster together, the first thing you have to look at is is uh, recruiting. Uh, you know, the second thing is, is making sure you have enough pitching. Um, you know, we got Keelan Fox returning last year that was in our rotation, a left-hander that's 84, 86 miles an hour that – has a great changeup, has a great feel for pitching. Uh, he'll be in our rotation again this year, and then we've kind of brought in a couple of kids from the transfer portal. Uh, we brought a kid uh, by the name of DJ Wilkinson in. That'll be Keelan will probably be our number two guy in our rotation. On a, on a weekend rotation, you have three starters. You know, the Friday night, the Saturday night, the Sunday night guy. So Keelan will probably be our Saturday night guy. Uh, DJ Wilkinson has been up to 97 miles an hour. He will be our Sunday starter. And then our uh, our uh, and he, we, he came to us from Troy University, and then Hunter Veets will be our Friday night guy. He's been up to 93 miles an hour. Uh, Hunter came to us from Auburn Montgomery, uh, University of Auburn Montgomery. We got both those kids out of the transfer portal. So uh, you know, pitching is is certainly you got to have pitching. You're not going to survive, especially in a in a, you know a, such a hitting conference as the SWAC. So hopefully we'll be able to keep them off the scoreboard a little bit when we play SWAC opponents, and uh, hopefully those guys will do what we expect them to do during the rotation. And then obviously what I alluded to earlier, it's been uh, good to have Brett back just because he's been a lifelong friend, but also because he's a good coach and he does a tremendous job with our hitters. So we're going to swing the bats better than we did last year. I was not pleased with the way we hit last year. You know, if you look back three years ago, four years ago, um, a little further than that, five or six years ago, we were at one point fifth in the country one year in hitting. I think it was the 2015 or 16 season, and uh, you know second in on base percentage and eighth in runs scored, batting average. We were fifth in the country uh, that year. We had a tremendous uh, batting average, you know, and and so we know it's it's possible offensively. We know it's possible to put up good numbers and nationally be ranked in terms of offensive production. So hoping to get back a little bit of that this this year, and Brett will certainly help with that. Those are the keys, recruiting, obviously pitching, and then you gotta, you got to score some runs, especially in the SWAC. SWAC is a little more offensively oriented, so we're going to have to score some runs. Uh, but we're looking forward to the challenge. Hey, Coach, let me ask you a question. Is your volume turned up on your phone? 
I think it's all the way up. Okay. Are you hearing me okay? You're not hearing me okay then, huh? I do hear you. I hear you fine. It's just a little low. So I was just wondering if it was on our end, if it was on your end. But that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, we, man, this is it. this is an opportunity for us to obviously going into the swag. There's a lot of competition. Um, you know, a lot of things going forward. What has been the excitement around the um the team going forward? How what's the feeling with the team and I wanna say buzz with the fan base, so so to speak. Well, it's a good schedule. They're excited about, you know, first of all, playing. Um it's a great schedule. When you look at go, starting the season in New Orleans, that's always fun and always uh, puts a smile on the guy's face. And then the second weekend, we're in Atlanta playing in uh, the Brace AAA Stadium. You know, what all these guys aspire to do is have the opportunity to play professional baseball. And uh, the Braves, as I said, they really roll out the red carpet for us when we go up there. And they did last year. And uh, through the Zoom calls that we've had so forth this year, organizing it, it's even going to be better than it was last year. We also play at University of Florida. You know, we try to play in good venues, SEC-type uh, venues every year. We play at Stat. Good trip for us as well. We play at UCF, um, just a single game there, um, you know, before we get in the swag. So the schedule's fun. The schedule looks good. You know, we're, we're not home much to start the first, I think, 25 games. We only got, I'm sorry, 20 games. We only have like three or four home contests. And then as we get closer to the end of the season, we have a lot more home contests. Um, so, you know, those are the things that guys are excited about. We're excited offensively, too. We've got a couple of new guys that we feel like is really going to help us. Uh, our leadoff guy, you know, last year we had to move Octavian Moyer uh, from his comfortable number two spot in the lineup to leadoff. And, um, he, you know, he did it because he was, he was such a leader and such a, a team person. But uh, he was such a good two-hole hitter that we just didn't have a leadoff hitter. This year we brought in a, a young man from South Florida Community College by the name of Zed Burnham, Zedrick Burnham, and uh, he has been a, a bright one of the one of the many bright spots this uh, this fall and this preseason for us. And he will be in center field and and be in the leadoff spot for you know unless he God forbid some kind of injury happens he'll be there from the beginning of the season to the end. A tremendous young man, a great runner, great defender, and a swing to bat very very well. So. We're looking forward to seeing what Zed can do in a FAMU Rattler uniform. Uh, we also got a transfer offensively that we feel that's going to really help us. We're probably going to take Perini out of the two spot and put him down to about the fifth or sixth spot in the, in the lineup. And, um, you know, Perini, Joe Perini hit second for us all last year. And uh, bring a transfer in from Norfolk State who actually, you know, beat us in, in, in winning the MEAC championship last year. And he was their three or four hole hitter last year for them. Um, so we're excited about Ty Hanchi and what he's brought to our team. Really, really an offensive guy and a left-handed hitter that's got a little pop and and uh, you know plays outfield extremely well. Also, um, for they, you know from that we've got in our third hole hitter is back and that's uh, L.J. Bryant who led our team in hitting last year. He'll play right field again. Uh, Jared Weber who's been with us several years now led us. I think he hit 382 years ago in MEAC play and uh, he'll hit fourth and we moved him from outfield to third base. And then Grant Rowell is back at first base. He'll hit fifth. Perini will probably hit sixth. Uh, you'll see some new faces as well. we got some local kids that have done real well. Uh, we've got Will, Will Brown from Rickards. Uh, he's really made a name for himself, and we look for him to travel with us and, and really get some innings. 
uh, offensively for us as well. Maybe may even see him on the hill a little bit. Will's not big in statue, but he's got a big heart, a pretty big bat. So we're excited about him. Uh, Brody Popple from McClay has done well. Also, he'll get some time behind the plate and uh, switch hitter as well. So, you know, we're excited. We're excited about our our team from top to bottom, lineup-wise, pitching-wise. We've got to stay healthy. Uh, we did have a, you know, unfortunately we had a tragic event that occurred over the Christmas holidays. Uh, and I know, I don't know if you've spoken to that, heard about that, but uh, one of our pitchers, uh, Dalton, um, was uh, tragically killed in a, a gun accident. It wasn't a shooting accident, a gun uh, accidental shooting, basically. And it wasn't hunting. It was at a golf course. And um, mm. the gun just happened to fall out of a truck and went off and uh, shot him in the chest. And for all practical purposes, uh, he was gone at that time. But Dalton Harrell, he would have been in our rotation somewhere, right-handed pitcher, junior college <coughs> transfer. Um, so we're going to miss him. And it's, you know, we missed him. Certainly tragic when it all happened, but it really hit home to us when we got back on the practice field after the Christmas break and started looking at our pitching depth. And he's going to be missed on the field this season as well. Uh, his best friend from Bainbridge, uh, Bainbridge, Georgia, right up the road, uh, will actually wear his number 17 that he was set to wear this year. And he's a DH, uh, first baseman type, right-handed hitter with a lot of power that's injured right now, but we expect some good things out of him as well. So, you know, uh, we took a little, we took a, we took a hard knock there. That hurt our depth a little bit pitching wise, but you know we'll play the season with him in mind and certainly do everything we can to, you know, to keep him in mind throughout the season and play as hard as we can, just for him, not only for uh, our first season in the, in the swag, but also just keeping his memory alive, uh, for the baseball players, especially for his best friend, you know, Griffin Long, who's on the team right now as well. Well said, Coach. Um... You hit you hit all the you hit all the talking points that I I know we had wanted to to touch base with you on and uh, if there's anything that uh, the program does in honor of Dalton this upcoming season um, please let us know so that way we can make sure to share it and talk about it and um, we will you know like uh, we'll I said probably, yeah we're gonna do some things we've got some jerseys that we're gonna take over that we got framed uh, to his parents he's got a younger brother that plays junior college baseball as well so. His parents probably won't be coming over. They'll probably be fo- be following Colton's career. Uh, he's a couple of years younger than Dalton was, um, but we'll, you know, we'll, as I said, we'll do some certain things we have already, and we'll continue some certain things for their family uh, during the course of the season, so they just know how missed and how important he was for us. Um, you know, the administration is both uh, Courtney and Keith both went went with me over to the funeral back during the Christmas holidays, as well as many of our players as well. I mean, he was a, he was a well-liked player. It wasn't, you know, there was, it wasn't just the pitchers. It wasn't just the guys that, you know, he, he, his friend from home that had played with him in junior college. It was all the guys. He, uh, he made himself popular in a hurry just with his personality and just with his, you know, fun nature. So going to be missed. But uh, as I said, we'll, we'll move forward and, and make sure that we play the, as best we can and, give him something to be proud of, hopefully, this season. We're excited about, I mean, you know, look what football did. If it wasn't been for the one-point loss at uh, the beginning of the season against Dion State, then it, and, uh, you know, <laughs> they would have been playing the last game of the season as well. And and uh, and look at volleyball. I mean, they won it the first year in the SWAC. So, 
we want to, you know, we want to make some noise as well. We want to make sure that we we represent FAMU well the first season in the SWAC. Uh, and it's a it's a move, guys. It's great, great for baseball. As I said, it's a much better baseball conference, much better ran, and uh, we certainly want to make sure that we uh, that you know that we represent well that first season. That we send a message that you know we're here to get better and we're here to make everybody else better hopefully to, to stay up with us well there there were a couple of uh voters who already recognize the uh the power that FAMU's coming with as uh two voters uh picked FAMU to finish first in the SWAC East uh, of course uh when the predictions came out they had us pick third behind Jackson State and Alabama State but there's always a couple of smart voters in that uh in that group and so they uh they recognize <clears throat> what's going to be coming uh, from Tallahassee. So uh, I think this upcoming weekend's tournament will definitely open some eyes after we uh, after we take a sweep in New Orleans. So uh, I know Kelvin and I are looking forward to hopefully getting out to a couple of games. So yeah, I hope definitely. you get to. I hope you get to get out there and get to meet Andre Dawson. I don't know if you guys met him before or not, but he's just a great young – he's a great man. Uh, my one of the first things I did was reach out to him when I got the job like nine years ago, and he came in one weekend and we hung out a little bit together. So he's 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 very quiet, you know. He's a quiet man, but he's very humble and he's just a good person to hang out with and good person to be around. So hope you get a chance to meet him and maybe hang out with him a little bit while you're there. Um, and it's a good venue we play at too. It's artificial turf. Yes. Uh, so it's a, a very nice part there, and and we'll also play at University of New Orleans as well. I think we right. play Friday, well, Saturday in the complex. It's turf, and then we play at UNO, which is right across the street on Sunday. Right. So uh, just to let everybody know, that's next weekend. The baseball season begins Friday. Uh, I think that's Friday, February 18th against Prairie View. Uh, that's a 3 p.m. Uh, first pitch. Then on Saturday, 6 p.m. against Alabama State. That will also be broadcast on MLB TV, 6 p.m. on Saturday. Then on Sunday, we take on the SWAC champion, Southern, uh, at 11 a.m. Nice taste of the SWAC West and our uh, future rivals in the East in Alabama State uh, next weekend. So uh, we're looking forward to it, Coach. Uh, We appreciate you coming on. And, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I think those times you gave were central times. I think – You're right. Yes. Yeah, I think those are central. Yeah, all those times are central time. So that's 4 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern on Saturday and noon. I got to remember that dealing with the swag. They do everything in central time. I got to remember that. Uh, Thank you for pointing that out. All right. uh, At FAMU Baseball, uh, FAMU underscore baseball. And then uh, make sure you find Coach Shoup. And uh, you guys, safe travels to New Orleans. Uh, good luck this season. We're going to have fun following you guys, Coach. And as always, thank you for your time. We look forward to talking again later on down the, down the road, all right? Awesome. Hope to see you guys in New Orleans. Yes, sir. Uh, we're going to take a break, come back with another uh, head coach, uh, actually a former coach, uh, college football Hall of Fame coach Rudy Hubbard coming up on the other side. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment.
It was a, a monumental game for A&M and Tampa. It was a monumental game. Somebody had to lose, and thank God it was them this time. We knew it was going to be a battle. Look at Jake Avis' record. 202 and 36, I think. Some some un, off the wall figures. And nobody would play him because they didn't want to take a chance of getting beat. But the truth of it is, over 46,000 tickets. Blacks were sitting on in, in the East Stands. Whites were sitting in the West Stands. And the score wound up 34 uh, 28. The only thing we proved that uh, we weren't inferior, that we were not inferior, and we were not afraid. For one night, for 160 minutes, we were better than them. Social media doesn't really feel very social these days. Sure, we get to see our friends, but it's so much better to be with them. And even though we're more connected, we miss being together. Tap into what's happening right now and meet up with friends, old and new. With the only social network that's designed to get you offline and back into life. Swoop in. Let's hang. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway. It's a pleasure to be joined by the College Football Hall of Fame, Florida A&M University Hall of Fame, and National Championship winning coach, Coach Rudy Hubbard. Coach Hubbard, it's a pleasure to have you on the ONG Strike Zone. Thank you for blessing us. How are you doing, sir? Oh, man, I'm blessed, and thank you for having me on. It's an honor. My my name, by the way, is R U D Y. See, come on now, producer. See, that's all right. See, it's all love. Pre- appreciate <laughs> but but that. it's okay. And by the way, <laughs> the the speaker that was my fault. I had my earphones plugged in, so that that straightened that out. I can hear you fine now. Hey, uh, coach, I got to share a little personal story. Um, I had a pl- I had the pleasure of talking to you as an undergrad. In, I, and I'm searching for the article. It was back in the 90s, the early 90s. Uh, one of my first stories writing as a journalism student uh, for the fam Ewan. Had a chance to do an article on you. Um, I, I had to be a freshman or sophomore. I remember I came over to your house to do the interview. And so that was like one of my greatest moments. You know, I sent that <laughs> article home to my dad just to say, hey, dad, I made it. I had a chance to talk to this legendary coach Hubbard and all these years later, you, you go on to be a hall of fame coach, which you always were, uh, which is one of the things I pointed out in the article, but uh, it's a pleasure to actually have a chance all these years to uh, talk with you. Um, It's been a heck of a year. 2021 was a heck of a year for you where you had your induction. Uh, Talk a little bit about what that what that moment or what that year felt like for you, given all of your accomplishments uh, as a coach? Well, it's, 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 it's crazy. And it's funny at the same time. Uh, I was telling my son when the year began, you know, a year ago about this time, I told him this was going to be my year. 2021 was going to be my year. But uh, (laughs) the funny part was I really was not speaking of, the National Football, College Football Hall of Fame. 
I thought I was going to be inducted into the Black College Hall of Fame. Okay. And uh, I, I, I was just going to switch them out in my mind because really we only had two people up as coaches for the Black College Football Hall of Fame. But the National Football Hall of Fame, it seemed like there were so many people vying for that those couple slots. And so I just knew I had this one made, man, and it didn't happen. So it, it, it actually ended up flopping around, and uh, but I'm honored and uh, uh, just the same. But it, it, that, that was funny to me. But it ended up being a great year. It really did. Uh, when you look at FAMU football uh, and, and the trajectory that it's on right now, uh, and, and college football is that, what are your thoughts in terms of the when you see – where the program is at under uh, Coach Simmons and and where it can go. I think the program is 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 on a great traje- trajectory, uh, and of course I knew Coach Simmons when he was just a young fellow, <laughs> and I never thought he would be tearing it up like he is. But I'm so glad and proud of him uh, because I think he's doing it the right way. I love uh, the the way he approaches the game. I love the way he approaches FAMU. He sells the program very well. And I love what they're doing right now. I mean, they're going after this. I think what's happening in college football, especially HBCU football right now, it's, it's, is amazing. And uh, with Coach Prime jumping out there like he did, and our Coach Simmons is doing very well in his own right, uh, I'm just loving what I'm seeing. I, I think sky's the limit. Go ahead. Calvin, Coach, you, you're looking like you're um, 25 still, man. You're looking great, man. You must be <laughs> eating right and taking care of yourself. <laughs> well, hey, man, you know what? You made my day. But uh, I did, uh, I, I have to tell you, on the way home from that Hall of Fame, and it was in Las Vegas, great affair. But on the way home, I think I caught a cold from this lady on the plane. And uh by the time we got to Tallahassee, I sneezed and a pain went down through my hip. I had seen <laughs> Coach Steve Spurrier and, and Coach uh, Buddy Pugh. Both of those guys were on the plane with me, and uh, they looked bad, man, just trying to walk, just trying to get up on the plane. And so when that pain went through my hip, I felt like I needed to fall down. You know, and it, was, it was that painful. And I said to myself, man, I can't be looking like those guys. I got to go on and get me another hip. I went that following Monday and went to the doctor, man. And and since then, I've had that hip replaced, man. So I'm feeling good. And uh, and I appreciate you saying that. But I really do feel good. And I think I could, I think I might be able to come on through another hole or two, man, score a touchdown or something. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, Coach, so I saw some pictures while you were out there in Las Vegas, and I know that uh, there was a fan you uh, underage there, some of your former players uh, also was there, and um, a lot a lot of dignitaries and VIPs. You've been around a lot. A lot of people know you. Um, but was there anybody there that you, were, that you were looking forward to meeting with or seeing that you, that you saw or met? Well, you know, let, let me let me say this. The whole affair 
so far outdistanced what I thought was going to happen. I mean, when you say National Football Hall of Fame, I'm I'm thinking it's going to be something big and something special. It it really was, man, and it it really, uh, you know, everything that I thought it outdistanced that. But I was so glad to see the support that I received from uh, FAMU, from our athletic director and Coach Willie Simmons and Mrs. Simmons and and all the FAMU contingency, uh, my family, of course, Archie Griffin, uh, a young man I've I've had a lot to do with at Ohio State. He's a part of the Hall of Fame, so he's there every year. But it was still good to see him. And then I saw some of the old timers, man. A lot of the old timers that I hadn't had a chance to really hook up with through the through these uh, most recent years. But overall, I, I, I got to tell you, man, it was just a great affair. And uh, I was a little nervous because I, you know, it's, it's big time. I mean, when you're sitting up there with uh, the best of the best. Uh, guys that have been uh, in my class, I had a really outstanding class 2021. Uh, we're sitting up in there talking, man, and sharing stories, and it's just uh, it's an amazing affair. I'll probably be a part of the Hall of Fame from now on. I'll probably go go to them each year now, for watching some of the other guys go through. So it is a great feeling. It's it's a great feeling of accomplishment, and uh, was something that I'll cherish forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kofi. Hubba Coach, this is obviously Black History Month, so we're definitely happy to have you on as a, a part of not only uh, fam use history, but, you know, just Black history because we're still the only uh, HBCU to have won a 1AA uh, or an NCAA national title. Um, wait, 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 say, say that again, Kofi. Kofi, what, what was that? <laughs> we are the <laughs> only. Don't tease him. I heard it's you. It's all good. I don't mind saying I say it all the time. <laughs> At least about three times a truth. week, I try to remind Dion State University and everybody else, you know, <laughs> uh, who is still the only public HBCU or the only HBCU to win an NCAA national title. So yes, um, it goes beyond saying, you know, the, the, the role that you played at FAMU, uh, the role that you played in Tallahassee and also. Uh oh, I think yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's Kofi. I think it's Kofi's turn to get sniped uh, on on that time. Um, so he got he got sniped on that one, uh, Coach. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick it up for him, okay. and then when Kofi comes back in, we'll we'll keep it going. Um, I know is you know one of the things Kofi and I were kind of talking about, and is just the style of play, and that you know I. I'm, I love the history of football, and I know it's hard to find a lot of videos of games, but for those who aren't familiar, what was your style of coaching offense? I mean, what what type of style is even comparable? You know, if the kids were to look out and see on the field and say, oh, when Coach Hubbard coached, it would look like this program that you might see today. Well, a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't know, but I, I had an experience when I was at Ohio State. Now, my first year coaching uh, was in 1968. That was O.J. Simpson's last year playing for the USC. We're playing them. We're undefeated. USC's undefeated. We're playing for the national championship with a lot of sophomores. Jack Tatum 
one of the notable guys you guys might remember. Uh, uh, we were loaded. They were loaded. Well, anyway, we ended up winning the game. So you would have thought that we would win. We would go undefeated for the next two years because those guys were just sophomores. We didn't. We went undefeated the next year until the last game and Michigan upset us. So to make a long story short, uh, I was so upset because I coached the running backs and my guys took a physical beating. And they basically blitzed us all day. We didn't know what to do. So I came up with an idea of changing plays on the line. And this was before anybody else was doing that. Okay. And what I wanted to do was uh, find a way, because I was in the press box and I kept telling Coach Hayes that, you know, that they, they were going to blitz us. We playing Bo Schimbeckler, who was an assistant to him for years. So we ran the same defenses. But make a long story short, he wouldn't let me do it. And I knew then that I had to get out of there. But he, he took about a month, made me design it and bring it back and took him about five minutes to tell me we're not going to do it. So I, I started working on getting up out of there and I came to FAMU. When I came to FAMU, we had a system. It was a number system, color and number. Green was for passing, orange was for running. And if they played an eight-man front, then we were going to throw the football most of the time. If they played a seven-man front, then everything was was good. We could run whatever. And if they had any kind of unbalanced, then we would run to the short side. So if we had a play call to the right, you know, our quarterbacks were all well-versed, and we would switch it to the left, and it, it orange would be the call, and then we'd call a number, and that would be the play. And so basically, once the game started, my quarterbacks knew the weaknesses of the defenses, uh, based on the numbers, and uh, they had complete control of the game. And that, that went through for a couple of years, and nobody knew what we were doing until uh, we were playing Tuskegee over at uh, Florida State Stadium. And the, a young man named Mr. Cole, he he, he coached with Pop Kittles, our, our baseball team, for a while. He came and started scouting our practices up there at the fence club. And he found out what we were doing, and Tuskegee was able to break the code, and uh, they knew what we were doing. Uh. Yeah, we got up in the middle of the game, uh. and uh, Albert Chester realized that they were what they call stemming the defense. So they would show one defense, we would then make the call, and then they would stem, jump, jump to another defense. And so I, I was really, I was really stuck. I didn't really know what to do, to be honest with you. Albert Chester comes over to the sideline tell he describes what's happening. He said, well, I think what we can do is go ahead and start calling the play, and then we can check it off and go back. And that, that ended that. We went on to put a spanking on Tuskegee like they deserved. And so, uh, but it, but that's basically what we did the whole time. We, we had uh, a fellow named Mr. Terrence Henson was a, uh, controlling our we had a computer programming set up uh, on campus that was new and so we would then uh send all of our we would break down the tapes and everything send them up to the computer system and by that sunday evening mr terrence henson and, and his group would have everything broken down by hash marks what the teams like to run uh down in distance and hash marks and so we knew defensively we ended up being for two years in a row uh, the best defense in the country. But we we had an idea of what every team was going to do by the time the game started based on 
computer breakdowns. Wow. That's innovative. Man, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Go ahead, Kofi, since you're, so, since so you're back. What, I know you what, what, one last thing. And so, the people so, from Jackson State had just sniped me off, and that's what had happened. When I said Deion State, everything shut down. So I'm going to try and get back here. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to say. Um, yeah. Hold on, hold on. So, you know, uh, I was going to say uh, there was a guy, and I, I think it was 1977 after we went undefeated, a guy named Lehman Bennett. Got the head coaching job at uh, Atlanta Falcons, and he wanted to bring me up there just to be able to show them how to change plays on the line. Wow! I mean, he he was gonna hire, wanted to hire me, but but he was hiring me so I could show them how to do that. Wow! I just I decided to stay because I knew we had a whip stick coming back. <laughs> we had Tyrone <laughs> Griffin and Albert Chester and everything, you know. So we were going to be loaded coming back. But, uh, yeah, that was big time. At, you know, now everybody everybody's calling plays all the time now. So, so Coach, you know, really the – I want to say the – our running attack was second to none uh, and the option. So what made us so good at being able to spread people out and run the option the way that we did? We actually were loaded up on the line. See, uh, people never gave us credit for being as good as we were on the line. Uh, it used to be funny to me. We had them. Uh, there would be guys out there, other coaches, and I'd hear them say, "Yeah, you know, all you got, you ought to be able to stop Florida and them. All you got to do, because he's always gonna try to run to the right." <laughs> I used to laugh because we had a guy named Tyrone McGriff at right guard, and that's the way we practiced. I mean, we had we had a guy named Kaiser Lewis at center who had been heavyweight wrestling champion in the state of Virginia. He didn't look like it, but people didn't know that. But he was some kind of special, man. He was so quick and big and strong. He was 6'5", and he'd get on you, and you couldn't get he couldn't get away from you. <clears throat> Tyrone McGriff would just overpower people, so – I would tell our, our scout squad, hey, we this play is coming right here. That, that's the way we practice. So if, even if you knew we were going to run to the right, you couldn't stop us. So I, we, wow. I, I'd be laughing at them. So, um, no, it was it, we had a great line. And then our running backs, we had a system. Uh, of course, I coached running backs at Ohio State before I came, and I was had Archie Griffin and had been loaded there with running backs. So we had some systems. We stayed wide in the hole, and that we we forced people to overplay us, and we had a cutback system that was second to none because when they overplayed us, we had cut back against the grain. And uh, the only time we lost was in was in that '78 against uh, Tennessee State, and that shouldn't have happened. That was uh they cheated, I, I, coach. Have, they cheated. Oh, oh, oh okay, coach. There, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. <laughs> They cheated. I used to have that fit, that play on my desk, man, for years. That that was crazy the way he did that. Hover coach. Well, the, you know. The, this, uh, go ahead. No, no. I was just gonna say, Kofi, describe what what for those who may not be familiar, describe uh that that play that that I hate to take you down this road, coach, but uh, a lot of people may not know. <laughs> So, uh, Kofi, describe what happened there, if you would, and then go ahead with your question. 
they called holding on us after we scored a <laughs> touchdown and it wasn't no holding. I'll put it like that. They called holding and it was 24-21. That, that was the the one game. They were killing us at one point and we got back in the game and we started uh, a momentum. We had a, a game-winning drive and we scored a touchdown and they called holding on us and it wasn't holding. You know, now mind hey. you, the thing is, Merritt, they had a deal. I don't know why we signed this darn deal. But hold on, why? Hold on, Cole, 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 hold on. Let Coach, because I've heard him tell this story about uh, <laughs> uh, Coach Merritt and, and, and those uh, referees and coming on the plane. Let Coach tell this story. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Coach. Go ahead, Coach. Tell it to the world. Well, you know, of course, Tennessee State at the time was independent. And I think that's important for people to know uh, and because they actually could have, they would travel two officials to every ho- every away game. But one of the officials was the head linesman, head linesman, his name was Bo, well-known guy who showed up every day at their practices. I saw Bo was like a part of their team. And, each, and when, he, when they played, when they traveled, Bo traveled with the team. It wasn't like... Like they had an official group, and uh, and so that's what happened. So if you lo- if what Kofi's talking about, if when you watch that, if you look over the sideline, old John Merritt when he put his hand over on his hip and throw his hand up like that, old Bo was gonna throw the flag, and that that's that's what happened. And it was it was it was crazy, man. But they that's the way they did it back in those days, man. And so if you look at that series, you would see that. Florida and m basically could not win when we played Tennessee State here. The only chance we had was to play them at their turf because at that point, uh, you know, we could kind of balance it off a little bit. You know, we we would have – because we were in the SIAC for most of that time. SIAC picked our officials, and Tennessee State picked their officials. So it was, it was always unfair like that. But we had to quit playing them for a couple of years just to let them know, man, that, you know, you can't be cheating these young guys like that, man. Guys worked hard. I took a lot of flack for that, but I think it made my point. Hubba, Coach. Hubba, Hubba, Coach, man. Well, you know, I want to say also our games, our legendary games against um, Bill Davis and South Carolina State, um, were were great topics. I want to say beginning in 1980 when we we rejoined um, the MIAC. That was one of the games as a little boy where I was at the game and Coleman's field goal went wide and I was in tears, bro. I was like, oh my God, because all my family is up there in South Carolina. I was like, the field goal was good. Like, what's wrong with you people? But um, the next year we played them in Miami and then that was a painful loss. And then we played them in uh Orangeburg and that was another painful loss and I was just sitting there like when are we gonna beat this freaking team and uh yeah. they finally came down in 83 and RC Easton I call it the RC Easton game RC Easton yeah. blocks a field goal I think it was it two in a row he yeah. blocks a punt uh twice and we ended up uh taking the lead and winning the game and I was like finally we get to beat this team so <laughs> what what was it that made those South Carolina State teams uh, so very tough to get uh, for the FAMU to uh, compete against? You know, there, there's some things happen uh, we don't talk about a lot. Uh, 
after we had those years, 77, 78, and then 79, 79 should have been a good year. We we actually got some uh, – Sammy Knight got hurt. We had some guys injured and we lost a lot of players through injury. Uh, but what happened was a series of things. When they declared our stadium unsafe to play, uh, and so we ended up playing a lot of games on Friday, if you remember, over at Florida State. Right. Uh, we ended up – they ended up saying that uh, – they had to take the money that we had earned by going on on national TV in 78. We were on TV four times. So we earned a million dollars more than what was projected in the budget. We ended up being able to spend none of it. We had to give it all back. And what I was told is that we had to give it to the women because 1979, Title IX became so so big until if we would we would lose everything if we didn't split that money with the women. Okay, so I ended up back where I was. And uh, it was it was just terrible, man. I, I, I We had worked so hard to try to get to that point money-wise and uh, ended up back where we were as far as uh, the recruiting budget being the same as it was, everything. And South Carolina State was good. I mean, let me say that. I got to give credit where credit's due. And so, you, you, you know, when you're playing teams like that, uh, but my my whole goal was to, you know, we left Division Two went to one double A. My whole goal was to gradually build up to a point where we could play anybody in the country on, 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 on every game right through the schedule. But I needed to have that money. And I was willing to work hard and try and try to make it through our program. And that's what we did. But I just didn't see that coming. Those kinds of things happen. Um, and then of course, that my big, my biggest support came from Dr. Walter Smith at the time and 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 i didn't know something was going to happen to him where he would end up not being the president and so i and i and i'm gonna tell you I, we went for years and years i really didn't know what happened now i know because then i got fired by uh dr frederick humphrey he was upset because we quit playing tennessee state back in the back there when i told you <laughs> and, and so that, that was running against me <laughs> but you know hey so it I mean that's the way it goes, man. I mean this is it's a rough life sometimes, but but all those things happen and it it affect our program in my in my mind it did anyway. Because I mean you know you don't just jump out there and and win. I wanted to when we went undefeated in '77. This young man came up and did an article in Sports Illustrated, and he said hey, they got a good team. They're the only undefeated team in the nation, but I doubt if they could play the big boys. And that thing got in my crowd, man. I, I, that thing just stuck me. It, it hurt me so bad that I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait till we got a chance to play somebody, you know. So we ended up playing Miami. That 79 game. Now that game there, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, now we're going to see. We, we, we'll see what's happening with this thing. But nobody knew. That, that, that thing was still in me from that article that he wrote in Sports Illustrated in 1977. <laughs> and so – we had we were loaded too. We had we had a heck of a team. So I told the guys, I said, I, we you know they're gonna throw some balls. They're gonna catch them because they had just brought all those guys from Miami Dolphins, and and uh, that's what their staff was. Those guys from the Dolphins. But I said I don't I don't really have a defense to stop them from throwing the pass because they can throw it all over. Only thing I can tell you, man, if we make them stop the game, if we make them stop the game, and they got to come out there and check on a couple of these boys. 
and I, then, then I think they'll start short arming some of those some of those passes. And that's what happened. I remember Night Train Lane hit a guy one time. He hit that guy. The ball went straight up in there and came right back down and didn't spin enough. And they they had to come <laughs> and check him out. <laughs> they had, after they came to check a couple of them out, uh, they start short arming and dropping them balls, man. And that's what happened. The other thing was we had a guy named Harold Oliver at nose guard. Harold Oliver was a guy who was uh, – he, he, he actually was a shot putter, won the state in shot put and discus, and came in second in the 100-yard dash playing what? nose guard. Yeah, and I'm telling you, to Houston McTeer. Houston McTeer won the 100 over at Florida State, and Harold was second. But what happened was they uh, Miami ran an option. They pitched the ball – uh, to Chris Hobbs, who was from Tallahassee. And Harold pinned him over there on the sideline for no gain from the nose guard position. Wow. Well, I mean, that's – so we were loaded, man. People just didn't really – they didn't give our guys credit for being as good as they were. Love a coach. So <laughs> let me ask this. You know, just really going forward, um, how can – what is the main thing that HBCUs need to really go to that next level of, I want to say, uh, competition and competitiveness? Uh, there are those that believe that we should stay in our own lane and play one another and, you know, just get money from playing one another. And then there's another um, thought process that says we need to expand our borders and compete against um, other PWIs within the NCAA system until we get to the point where we're able to um, play the, I want to say, the big money games or the Power 5 schools. What are your thoughts on that, and how would you do it if you were coaching at this time? Okay, great question. My, my thoughts are that uh, I, I think that they're doing an outstanding job. And let me say what just happened. In the way I see it, uh, of course we did not win the SWAC, and so by not winning the SWAC, Jackson State was a was the, the team that was picked to represent our our division. Uh, they they made the big money, but when we when we decided we were not going to be able to play in that game, we went ahead and qualified for the playoff. So I think the two things we need we need money and we need exposure. We couldn't get the money because we didn't we didn't make it. I mean, Jackson State beat us out by one point. But we now went and got the exposure by playing in the playoff. We didn't we didn't last long, but if we keep making the trip, things are gonna happen. I think if we just keep on giving Coach Simmons and 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 and, and uh Gaucher, those guys we keep giving them the baton and let them run it like they just ran it. They made the best choice out of the situation. Uh, I think we're going to be fine. Now, I think, we, I think we're going the right direction right now. And uh, I, I'm, I'm working with some guys. We're trying to put some things together. And so we, we can support some of the players. But I think you got to have that exposure, which is television. You know, I think that's going the right direction. And you got to be able to get that money going. You know, that, that, <laughs> and nothing like having that money, man. When you know you got to do something <laughs> and you have had the money to do it, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, that that's that's where I was. And so that was why I wanted to go one double A in the beginning. 
back back then, and just to show you, when we were going in 1977, we went undefeated. We, you know, we were Division Two. We went on television one time. We got paid ten thousand dollars. The very next year, we go one double A. Each time we went on television, two hundred and fifty thousand. Mm. So those decisions that you make, man. You know, now we could do a whole lot more with a million dollars than we could with ten thousand. You know, in terms, of, but we we just didn't do it because other things happened. But but we had the money made. That's my point. Now, if you keep putting yourself in those positions, I think that uh, things are going to break. I see. Coach Simmons, I see Coach Prime, you know, those guys, I think they're going to keep putting their programs in a position and they're going to, they're going to break the dam. And and, and it's, it's not going to be long before some of those guys are starting now. Some of the great players are starting to tip in. You know, they're tipping in and they're trying to see what it's all about. And, uh, you know, Florida State, you know, they always used to bring their players in here when they brought them in to recruit. They spent most of their time at Florida and M. Tom, they, they be they spend all the time over here on our campus. So we got a lot of things going for us, and always have had. And now, if we could just get the facilities and the money and and, and uh, get that exposure going for us, I think we'll be able to play with anybody and compete with anybody. But I like the way they're doing it. Well said, well said. Coach, hey, we uh I look, I I learned something. I learned something talking to you 20 something years ago as an undergrad. I learned something today. Uh <laughs> I, I think I think I mean that that's what it's about. You, you I mean, there's so I appreciate you coming on and talking with it. I I've already there's about three or four things that I found out that I had to do some research on. And number one, I got to find out what is that $250,000 worth today because Let's keep it real. Some of these, some of these games that we've gone to, classics, are paying two hundred fifty thousand. And just think, in nineteen seventy eight, two hundred fifty thousand is not the same today. It, it can't be. So, I no, someone, no. someone out there, yeah, someone out there, do the math on that. Do the inflation on that. And let me know. Let us know what is two hundred fifty thousand worth in 2020, 2022, Because. Uh, that's amazing that that kind of money we were making that kind of money back then from television. And uh, let me throw one at calling, you. Uh, yeah, I, I know you might be running short of time. Let me throw this at you. Go when ahead. that happened, that happened. That that was big money. Two hundred fifty thousand was uh, it it wasn't uh, the Ohio State money or the or the Southern Cal money, but Florida State people, so people like them, they they started saying, well, you know. We could use that kind of money, you know what I mean? We so those programs pitched a fit, and instead of having straight one double A, they came out right after that and they put a proposal together where that money now would go to them instead of us. We were not astute enough to have a counter proposal. I mean, right. it's all new to us. We went in there one year. Now, one year we had these opportunities, the next year we didn't. And that's because these other, uh, the, the Florida States of the world, those Clemsons of the world, people like that, mid-level programs, they saw what we were doing and then they outbidded us, basically. They had, you know, and that's, that is, but we should have had a counter-proposal. We just were not astute enough to come with it. 
Well, well said. And college football has never been the same uh, since that since that time. And you see the money that they're making now; it'll never go back. It'll they'll never give it up. So, a yeah. uh, little history lesson for everybody out there. Look, y'all, y'all need to get up on your history. Look, you, you come to the ONG Strike Zone, you'll get a history lesson. You get some new information every week. You ain't getting this on every show. I'm just letting you know, uh, Coach Albert. What what what's what's the plans this spring? What are you uh What are you doing with your with your time right now as we get ready to close? Well, you know, I'm doing a, a couple things on my own. I I, I do some network marketing, uh, that which I love because I can do it from home. Don't have to run around a lot and uh, get to talk with a lot of people and share some ideas and concepts. And that's what I do. You know, I recruit and coach. And so it, it allows me to do the same thing now. I'm, I'm, I got something going on. Uh, and the thing is, what I like about what I'm doing, there's no defense. And so uh, if, if I could win when there was somebody else on the other side trying to beat us, <laughs> I know I can win when there's no defense. So I'm, I'm enjoying I'm it. Coach. Yes, sir. I'm enjoying it. And, uh, and that's, what I, that's what I'm going to do. And now – uh, you add that Hall of Fame title to it, man, and that makes it a little sweeter. Yes, sir. Well, uh, any, anytime you're anytime you're doing something and you want to share it with us, uh, let us know. Let uh, let Kofi, me, Kelvin, let us know. We'll we'll, we'll uh, plug the heck out of it for you and let people know and uh, share the word. And uh, you know, we what? I tell you, we. Uh oh. Can what you we see got? that? Yes, sir. There you go. There you go. Got to let everybody All know right. about that. Have you a come coach. in too, by Coach, coach Rich. You can get that on Amazon. We can get that on Amazon. Yeah, I got it. You get to, uh, because what I'm doing is autographing them all. Okay. You don't get the autograph copy from Amazon. Okay. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, how, how do people? How do people? How do people get in touch? so that they can get the autograph and then they can get the book. RudyHubbard.com. Let's look up RudyHubbard.com and then make a request. I'll call you back and we'll get it done from there. Hey, that, that, that's perfect. That's perfect. I'm hey, behind, when, I, I'm, when I find, when I, oh, go ahead, Kofi, go ahead. No, Coach, because we've got, um, we've got, uh, we got a couple of Jackson State people that are on the line. So I was wondering if you could go back in time just a little bit and talk about that victory in Jackson over Jackson State before you leave. All right, real quick, because I love to talk about that. You know, we, we, we went to Jackson. When I first got here, I'm coming from Ohio, you know, and it's, it's, we, I've been used to the cold. We got here and we were playing a game at North Carolina A&T, and it turned cold on us. And a lot of my guys actually didn't want to play. I mean, it was that cold. And I, when I saw that, uh, it, it really surprised me. I never seen, we didn't have a cold weather gear. So when we get ready to play Jackson state, we landed it in Jackson, Mississippi. It was a warm day, but it started, it started raining and that rain turned to snow. And since I saw my guys quit on us at North Carolina A&T a couple years ago, I asked our athletic director, Coach Tooks, to go out and find all the long johns that they had in Jackson, Mississippi. That's what he did. He went out and bought all the long johns that they had. Some of the guys were getting two and three pair. The starters, you know, were getting two and three pair. But it was so cold 
But we came that by the time game time came around, it was snow on the ground, and we but we were ready for it, okay? And so, uh, but it was that was actually the championship game when we played Jackson State. It was like they were loaded, we were loaded. They ran the wishbone at the time with Perry Williams, and and man, they were tough. But we had a guy named Spanky Ramsey, and there was a uh, we ended up punting the football to Jackson State, time running out, and went down there, and we recovered one fumble and, and slowed them down that way. But then they, they got on the march, man. They were coming down. And they must have been on about the 15-yard line with fourth and two. And they pitched the ball out to Perry Williams, and we had a guy named Spanky Ramsey played strong safety for us. He came across there and and hit Perry Williams, and they had to come get both of them. That that was, and he stopped him for no gain, and that was the championship game. I mean, when we played Massachusetts, we we felt like we had that game was won already. But the championship game, man, was actually Florida A and M against Jackson State. Oh, coach, that, that was some will. That was willpower, man, because we we overcame the snow, we overcame all that cold rain, and Something we didn't expect because was, the sun was shining when we hit the hit ground, uh, but those guys rallied, man, and it was just uh, it was a great thing to see, man. Great thing to be a part of. Hubba, coach, we appreciate uh, appreciate you, coach. Again, go to uh, RudyHubbard.com. Go check out, get the book, get the autograph, and uh, tell a friend. See, we we tell y'all to go like and share and subscribe, but see. You got a treat today. If you like, share, and subscribe today, you got you got your hands on uh, an opportunity to get a great book from a from a legend, a FAMU legend, a Black History legend, uh, Coach Rudy Hubbard. Coach, uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been a blessing. Thank you for talking with us and sharing your time. Uh, and and I uh, can't wait till we meet again. Uh, that's all I can yes, say. Sir. I know it'll be soon. We can't we can't wait to do it again. I enjoyed it, guys. I enjoyed it. Glad uh, to do it. All right. Take coach. care, coach. Have a hover. All right. Coach. Well, hey, we're gonna we're gonna stay here. No sense in us going to any kind of commercial and closing the show. Uh, again, RudyHubbard.com is where you can get that. Uh, look, I, I I tell you when I tell you I learned something new. I didn't know we were doing the uh, innovation, the the the, uh, the the play calling. I mean, that's just stuff that audibles, man, audibles, audibles, exactly. And the audibles at the play. I mean, just man, this if you're a football fan, how do you not get off on on learning a little of the history of the game? Uh, and, and then the fight again. Any of my financial people out there, somebody tell me what two hundred fifty thousand dollars is worth today. Because they already, that is uh, that's it's six hundred to eight hundred thousand dollars. Wow! Come on now, listen. That's just you can't you can't even put that into words. That that would have been what? That's almost two million dollars. Uh, am I doing that right? No, two point four million dollars to almost what three? Almost three million dollars that. You know, if to, uh, in today's money, that that was worth that. Listen, man, we football at our level. We are close, bro. We are close um, with HBCU football to 
regaining a ton of territory uh, over the media, over the airwaves. We just got to stop doing shady stuff like dropping out of the Southern Heritage Classic without calling people and letting them know what's going on. So um, let me, I just wanted to put that out there for hey, a, uh, a couple of people. I, I, we, videos, I, uh, I saw somebody post on there about the videos. If anybody has some good connections on the video. That video is in the, you can probably check in the FAMU library. Uh, along with uh, Family Athletics and Vaughn Wilson is also a very valuable resource when it comes to pulling up family film and history because all of those uh, games were on, um, I want to say, real to real. Um, but then yeah. also, um, what are those tapes? I want to say beta with, uh, beta. with ABC. Um, to go and do the research. You can actually go uh, to the archives or even the Library of Congress and find a way to have access to that material. So uh, it's still there. Somebody still has it. We just have to go and pull it up, man. But it's there. And um, yeah, the, the, it, it's there. I, I would we just have to go get it. I, I would love for, I'm not going to put it on anybody else, uh, uh, but I would love for that to be made accessible somehow uh, on, on FAMU, YouTube's channel or something somewhere where uh, Rattler Nation can always go get it, always can see it because I mean we we got to be able to see those. I mean the store I've heard the stories and I've seen clips, but you still want to. I mean you got we got to be able to go see those. Uh, you know, like like the '79 game is out there. I've seen that on YouTube before, but uh, the, those moments and those games that we are in a in a box somewhere in a closet. We Listen, gotta get it. It's on get ABC. It's on ABC. And uh back in the day when I marched in the band, you know, Dr. White had Fam U Southern from 1978, as well as the Jackson State game from 1978, the halftime show um from 1978 on beta. So uh, that material is still out there. We just have to kind of like go and request it. I don't know. I think the, the station at the time was WECA, but it's not a, our ABC station is not WECA anymore. Um, but we just now, have to go and, and pull it up, man. But it's out there. All right. Uh, real quick as we close, let me go through a couple of notes regarding baseball and softball before, as we close up these final couple of minutes, the uh, SWAC predicted order of finish was released. Uh, you guys comment on this. I mentioned it at the end of our interview with coach Jamie Shoup, the SWAC Eastern division uh, predicted order of finish uh, Jackson state in first Alabama state closely behind them uh, in second one point behind in total points. Jackson State had eight first-place votes. Alabama State, four first-place votes. In third, FAMU with uh, two first-place votes. Bethune-Cookman in fourth. Alabama A&M, interesting enough, in fifth, but they had four first-place votes. So that'll be an interesting team to pay attention to. Valley in last. Over in the SWAC West, it was Southern in first with 11 first place votes followed by Grambling State and Prairie View each with three first place votes Texas Southern UAPB Alcorn 
Um, in terms of the preseason all swack awards, outfielder LJ Bryant was selected to the second team preseason all swack baseball team. But, uh, you know, if you understand how the swack does their preseason, it's pretty much a carryover from the year before. And unless you have somebody who's a, a really outstanding player, uh, obviously with Bethune and Fam coming in from a different conference, you know, we, we expected them to be second uh, team guys. So uh, that's pretty much that. Now, softball. Softball season starts this weekend for the Lady Rattlers. Uh, the preseason predicted order of finish in the SWAT came out. And on the Eastern Division side, uh, it was Alabama State with 11 first-place votes, followed by Jackson State. Alabama A&M had eight first-place votes. FAMU comes in fourth, but two first-place votes. Uh, Bethune and Valley rounding out the six in the SWAC East. Over in the SWAC West, you had Texas Southern getting 11 first-place votes. Alcorn, Preview, Grambling, Southern, and UAPB. And uh, there you just saw a graphic of the uh, – FAMU softball schedule. Uh, the ladies open this weekend in Jacksonville, Florida. So if you're in the Jacksonville area and can get over to the University of North Florida, you can take – how about those uniforms, guys? I mean, those those uniforms are hot, uh, to be honest. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I like the pinstripes, honestly. Those are those are pretty dope. Um, but uh, Friday, 1.30 against Campbell, uh, we open the season – and then in the evening, we uh, take on the host North Florida uh, team at 6.30. Uh, then on Saturday at 11 a.m., they take on Winthrop. And then 1.30 in the afternoon, they take on NC State. Uh, NC State is actually, according to Massey rankings, ranked 49th, uh, which is the highest of all the teams that we play on Sunday 12.30 p.m., they play Jacksonville University. So pretty much you got teams from 49, ranked 49th, up to 198. So it'll be a good opportunity for the Lady Rattlers this weekend uh, with five games. So if you're in Jacksonville, especially Friday or Saturday, and you can get over, a uh, good opportunity to get over to the University of North Florida. That's where those games are being played Get a chance to see out the uh, the Lady Rattlers and there. Uh, any final words, Kelvin, as we get ready to close? Anything I might have missed or we forgot to talk about? No, man, just I really enjoyed Coach Hubbard. Uh, I've heard many of his stories. I've been fortunate and blessed enough being in the Tallahassee area and um, being around campus and, 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 and affinity groups and so forth. Well, I've heard him tell a lot of those stories, and I too, you know, I, I consider myself pretty knowledgeable about FAMU athletic history. But man, you know, to, to hear the, the legends like that, you know, share share those things, it, it's a real treasure. And I'm glad that um we we had this platform so that we can bring that to even more people. Well said, well said. You guys better appreciate these legends while we got them. Uh, a lot of history, a lot of great stories, a lot of great information. Kofi, uh, any final words as we close out? No, man, I'm just excited. And hopefully, um, you know, as we gear up for spring football um, and we get ready for our spring sports, there's a lot coming down the pike regarding FAMU athletics. 
um, with softball starting, baseball starting, closing out men and women's basketball, men and women's track coming, and uh, the spring football game. So all of these things are coming with an opportunity to gain very, very positive momentum uh, as we go into the 2022 year, man. And, uh, you know, the Rattler brand is expanding, so the best is yet to come. I'm looking forward to it. Well said, well said. Just a reminder, the um, women and men are playing doubleheaders in Mississippi. They will be at Jackson State on Saturday. Women's game starts at 4 Eastern, followed by the men's game. Of course, Jackson State still the unbeaten beast that they are in women's basketball. So uh, hopefully our ladies can uh, can find a way to shock the world. That's about the best as I can put it, um, because it will be a shock should we be able to pull off an upset against Jackson State at home. So uh, And then uh, on Monday, Valentine's Day, the uh, both teams are at Alcorn, where the – Women's game starts at, uh, let me get it, let me get it, let me get it, 5 or 6.30 Eastern, 6.30 Eastern, and then the uh, men will follow up after. So uh, all those games, I think Jackson State, I don't know if you can pick that game up on uh, JSU TV. Uh, They may be charging. I hate to say that, but uh, they may. I know Alcorn State's game will probably be available on their YouTube feed. So that will probably be a free broadcast. So uh, get the opportunity to watch those games. And uh, uh, I don't know, <clears throat> a lot more to talk about. Maybe we'll – I got a lot more issues on my mind. So I'm going to find a way to get, the, get, get, get these thoughts out. I got issues. I got complaints. But uh, I'll save them for another show, another day, another time. Uh, that's going to do it for this show uh, thank you to our producer, Melody Lucas. Uh, thank you again to Coach Jamie Shoup. Thank you to the legend, Coach Rudy Hubbard. Thank you to you guys who are watching us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter uh, for being a part of this experience. Don't forget, the BCSN Pod Zone is where you can go hear the podcast. You can always watch these shows again on YouTube, Facebook. Just share this show with a friend. Tell some Rattlers about us. We'd appreciate Uh, And make sure you're following at ONG Strike Zone on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And go download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app right there at the top of the screen, top right corner, my JBN, my BCSN, on the Google or Apple Play Store. That's going to do it for this show. For my brothers, Kelvin, Rozier, Kofi Hemingway, I'm Brian Fulford. Thank you, Rattler Nation. You guys be safe out there and make sure to strike, strike, and strike again. Be safe. Peace out. Oh, my God.